0: Also, if you are a visitor, please uh, pick up a welcome pack if you haven't had one already, and that will give you some details about us. Just before um, I hand over to Nathan, um, if you've got a contribution, we love having prayers, scripture, um, prophecies, uh, people speaking in tongues during our meetings. So if you've got something that you feel the Lord wants you to share, then just come up to the front. Uh, Rob? is a responsible elder this morning and so just come and have a word with him and myself and we will work out a way of putting that into our meeting in the right place and you can also use the microphone so everybody can help you. So just as we start our meeting, have a think, does God want you to share anything today? If you've been here um, before you'll see people coming up and sharing things um, sometimes they might feel quite confident, and sometimes they might be a bit worried about what they're saying and whether it's the right thing. But just give it a go. Um, you might bless someone today who really needs blessing with what you're going to say. So don't be worried about that. Children. Morning, children. If you've got children with you, we do have a kids' work downstairs after about three songs. Um, Nathan, who's leading worship this morning, will uh, say that children's work is starting and there'll be a mass exodus of children and parents from this room. So if you're not sure where to go, just follow the crowd and um, people will guide you to the right group. So we're having Nathan's leading worship. Uh, we're going to have communion together. You've probably seen the tables dotted around. That'll be explained at the time when we're sharing communion. And Andrew is preaching. A bit later, so that's kind of where we're going this morning. But um we'll see where the Lord takes us as well. So just before I hand over to Nathan, um I woke up this morning, you know, obviously. <laughs> Did you wake up too? And um I wake up quite I get up quite early for work, so it's dark when I go to work, and it's dark when I come home from work. But I don't know about you, sometimes in the middle of the night I just kind of open my eyes to see whether it's getting light, it never is because I always get up before it's light Um, but I did that about quarter to six this morning and it was obviously dark and then um, looked at the clock like you do, work out how long you've got till you have to get up think, shall I go to the loo? You know, I did if you're interested (laughs) and um, And then I was thinking about the sun comes up. I was just reminded of Psalm 103. um, And we sing a song. You probably know it. I'm not going to sing. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. And then I was reminded of Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. So just in this moment, before we get into it, um, worship with Nathan and the band, you know, just think it's a New Day. Whatever has been, whatever is before you. Have to think what that is for you. Is there anything you need to give to God? Be still. Just in this moment.
1: Give things to God.
0: Know that He is God. Nathan.
2: Wonderful. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Why don't we just bring our hearts before God at the start of this morning together and just say, Yeah, Lord, here I am. I want to bless your name. I want to be still and know that you are God, that you are the Lord. We love you, Lord. We choose to worship you we choose to respond to your greatness and love and to turn it back in praise help us lord help us to know that you are god that you are in control
3: When we see cuz when we see you we find strength to face the day lift up our eyes, you're the giver of life. We lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes, you're the giver of life. We lift up our eyes.
2: Spoke your name into
3: the night. Then, through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written.
4: Jesus Christ.
2: Jesus Christ, my living hope. Our living hope. The one who has taken the separation that was between us and God and brought us close, brought us near. In a moment, the children are going to go downstairs, but let's just pray for them. Why don't you just raise your voice where you are? Pray for our children. God, let them know that you're our living hope. God, we pray for our children as they go downstairs. God, meet with them. Let them know that you are their living hope. Let them know, Lord God, the divide between them and you is no longer there because of what Jesus has done. Bless our children's workers. Give them wisdom. Give them faith. Give them encouragement this morning, we pray. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name.
4: Promise your
2: Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. I just feel as we're singing that song, that line, declared the grave has no claim on me. Maybe just this morning. You just need to hear that afresh. No claim. No claim. Death has no claim on us for those who believe in Christ Jesus. We have the promise of eternity with our risen Savior. We will be raised up with him. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in
3: your name, Jesus Christ, my living. Shall pick
1: Hello. Hello. My name's Sarah, if you don't know me, and I wanted to share about something that happened to me a little while ago. It was during lockdown, and I hadn't driven for a long time, many months. Now, usually, I'm a really confident driver, and I, was, I had to go to Basingstoke, so I set off, and I was absolutely fine, did what I had to do, and was coming home. And I got to the black down roundabout, and I found myself in the wrong lane. And I did the worst thing, which I was fro- I froze. And cars around me started hooting, and I could feel this sense of panic going up in me. So I just carried on on the lane and went off down the motorway because I didn't know what else to do. Eventually, I turned around and came back the other way and got on the right road, got home but still felt awful, and I got in the door and I said to Chris, I'm never going to drive to Basingstoke again. So this is probably perhaps two years ago. So anyway, this week my mum was um, admitted to hospital, to Basingstoke Hospital, and on Friday I obviously wanted to go and see her, so I thought, right, I'm, I'll go. And, but I knew that on the way home I'd have to negotiate that roundabout again, and I was scared, but then just as I was about to leave the hospital, I just felt this voice saying, There's another way. So I thought, yeah, I can go into Basin Stoke Town Centre and round the other way. So that's what I did. Then this morning, as I was praying, God spoke to me, and He spoke to me about fear, and He said, There is always another way. He doesn't want us to be bound by fear. He wants us to be free. And I think that applies to all sorts of things because fear can paralyze us. It can stop us doing things we want to do. It can stop us doing things we need to do. And it can stop us doing things that we enjoy. And God wants us to be free. And I think what he wants to say this morning is that there is always another way with him.
5: Thank you, Sarah. That's great, isn't it? And as we come to, together to share communion, uh, the bread and the wine together, that togetherness in Christ just casts out fear, doesn't it? And we can do that together. For me, when we, when we take communion, it isn't just about myself just receiving bread and wine. It's about all of us together as a body of Christ receiving bread and wine together in fellowship one of the things I love about communion is that it shows in Christ we are all equal. There are no divisions. It doesn't matter about our background. doesn't matter about our qualifications, whether we have riches or none, our race, our height, our weight, whatever it is. There might be things that we enjoy being, there may be things we don't enjoy being, but we are all equal as we come to share the bread and wine together. And that equality is in Christ. So let's just read from 1 Corinthians. This was a letter that Paul wrote. And he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. Which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my white blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. So when we share this, it is a proclamation. We are saying what we believe and we are saying what the Lord has done for us, and we're proclaiming it to each other, and we proclaim it to those perhaps who don't know the Lord. And as we share the bread and wine, something we used to do before COVID was to actually take time just to pray for one another. As we're sharing the bread and wine together, there might be something you want prayer for, in which case you can ask somebody to pray for you, or it may just be a blessing that we want to share with each other. Because it's being together, isn't it? Togetherness. The blood of Christ brings us together in the Lord. So let's just take that opportunity and, you know, let's offer the bread and wine to each other. Rather than just going and taking it, let's just offer the plate and the little glasses to each other so we can share and be taking it together. It, it's really important we see that as part of, of the body, That it isn't just individuals. We are the body of Christ. Christ has been broken for us. The blood of Christ has been shed for each of us as a whole, as the body. The blood of Christ has been shed for us. We have one table at the back on the right hand side which has gluten free. So if people would need gluten free, then please go to that table over there. Otherwise, I'm going to invite you, just going to pray for a second, but after I've prayed, I'm going to invite you just to come and take the bread and the wine, as I say, together, do take a bit of time just to pray for each other because it's so important there's that togetherness. I felt the Lord saying that to me this morning. We are all one together. So let's just pray. Father, as we come to the table to partake of the bread, your body, the wine, your blood, We just pray, Father, that it won't just be a symbol in terms of togetherness, Lord, but it will really strengthen the body, Lord, as we come and we eat and we drink, that we will be strengthened as one body in you, Lord, that we can just draw on your strength and we can just see your love, your devotion, your commitment to us, Lord, in all that you've done on the cross or all that you've done, which carries on through eternity, not just for one moment, but through eternity. And we are included in that, Lord, because we are one body with you. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So there are four different tables, so please just make your way to one of the tables. And as I say, please take time just to reflect a short prayer for somebody offering the bread and wine to each other just so we can show that togetherness. Thank you. just in case people are wondering this is obviously for people who know the Lord if you're visiting and you're not yet it's part of God's kingdom then by all means just sit and reflect and just enjoy but uh, it is for people who know the Lord thank you
3: He risen from the dead and He's my Lord. Yes, my knees shall
6: Okay, if we can uh, get back to our seats, if that's possible, please, that would be lovely. If you're praying for somebody, still continue that prayer, that's absolutely fine. Hi, my name's Andrew. If we have not met, I'm part of the leadership team of Harvest Church, one of the elders here, and uh, I have the privilege of uh, preaching this morning. Uh, we are in a series we've called Walking with God. Uh, we're going to be working through this series most of the season from New Year till Easter. And um, uh, we're trying to take a big picture look what it means to walk with God in the first... Uh, Uh, half dozen or so weeks uh, and then we're going to drill that down to a more detailed part after February half term. Uh, I hope you enjoyed having Ed Mellish with us last week as he shared I thought he did a brilliant job uh, helping us to reflect on how we can help others uh, know Jesus and uh, I thought he served us so well. Um, Today we're going to be reading from uh, the book of Isaiah uh, in a moment, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, take us to the passage. If you've got a Bible with you, you can be turning to it if you want, to Isaiah 61. It's a fairly well-known uh, passage. It's actually a passage Jesus is recorded as having spoken from when in the synagogue, in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 4 as well. Uh, so it's, it's a passage, or uh, Isaiah is a prophetic book. It's uh, Isaiah, it was a prophet in about 700-odd B.C., um, his name means the lord saves that's what isaiah means in case you wonder and uh, um uh so the, these are his, the writings of isaiah are him speaking to israel who were in decline at the time as a nation they were in rebellion against god as a nation and uh so he's speaking to israel but there's the now and the not yet of the prophetic there is the imminent the Yep, that's what he was saying to them, but also there is something often with prophetic which carries forward uh, to us as God's people as well. And uh, Jesus is recorded in uh, uh, Luke 4, uh, 18, 19, as reading the first two verses of this passage from uh, uh, Isaiah 61. And uh, at the end of that, he rolls up the scroll and gives it back to the attendant and sits down. Um, Elsewhere, it's... it's, uh, said that it's fulfilled in your midst, <laughs> and that's there's that sense of, uh, wow, okay, this is part of who Jesus, what Jesus came to do, and therefore it's part of what we're to come into the good of. So we're going to turn to Isaiah 61. We're going to read the first eight verses. I'm going to read it in a slightly different way to perhaps uh, how we'd normally do it. We, often when we're reading through the passage, we we'll just read the passage. I'm actually going to comment on the passage as we read through it. And uh, then I'll bring some uh, points off the back of that. Um, So, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Friends, can I just remind us, we are a people of the Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord was given for all of us. When Jesus ascends to heaven, he sends the Spirit. We read about that in Pentecost. We celebrate it uh, in in, in the... um, Service of Pentecost, the time of the coming of the Spirit. We are to be a Spirit-led, a Spirit-filled people. Okay, so uh, just, just please, you know, while that's Isaiah speaking to Israel at the time, and Jesus is obviously referring to himself when he quotes it, understand actually we've come into the good of this. Okay, we can receive the Spirit of God. We can be filled with the Spirit of God So when we're reading the rest of this passage, understand this is not something for someone else over there. This is for us. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in zion pause there's a the dash there we can pause wow that's quite a statement isn't it there's an awful lot of things there friends this is for us this is for us we have got the spirit of god and he's on us to uh, anoint us to uh, preach good news to the poor. Now, that's the, the, the word poor there doesn't just literally mean the financially poor. It means those who are downtrodden, those who are abused, all sorts of different, the brokenhearted, uh, all sorts of different people we're talking about here. Okay? So don't just limit it to the poor. It's very easy to think, well, poor, uh, financial poor, poor in spirit we're talking about. People have been broken, damaged, people just like us. And how we were until God got hold of us. Okay, so anointed us to preach good news to the poor. Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Friends, do you know we are called to bind up the brokenhearted? To help the brokenhearted find peace in God. To find the grace of God. To know that actually they don't need to despair, they don't need to uh, feel ashamed or any of those things, but in Christ Jesus, very much as we've been celebrating today, the whole uh, thing of uh, communion because of Christ's death on the cross, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Release from darkness for the prisoners. When it's dark... You really feel it, don't you? Have you been out perhaps into the countryside where there's less lighting these days, where it's in the in the depths of the night, when it's dark? On uh, Friday, we were driving back from visiting our oldest son and his wife in Chichester, and uh, we turned down a road, and it said there, that there was a road closed flood sign, which it was sort of pushed in the in in the verge. So we thought, well. That looks like somebody's taken it down. So we turn down this road just north of Chichester. And, and um, we're in a car which is you know, fairly old. It's not got brilliant headlights. And um, the road is quite wet. And as we drive down this road, we're getting darker and darker and darker. There are no lights whatsoever. You can't see any lights of houses or farms or pubs or villages or anything. And you've just got these two sort of glows of the headlights and actually we get we got to the point where we thought do we turn around because the road was completely awash with probably about an inch of water over it maybe a bit more than an inch of water and you start thinking ah, this is this very wise um you know in darkness we we're, we're called to set people free from darkness to bring them into god's wonderful light darkness can be overpowering it can be all-consuming. Friends, we have the light of God to bring people into. The goodness of God, the grace of God, to set people, uh, uh, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness. That's not just, it's, it's not just about good news. Release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. <laughs> proclaim God's love to the world around us. This is an amazing mandate, phenomenal mandate, isn't it? To comfort all who mourn. Do you know somebody who mourns? It doesn't have to be their mourning because of a loss of a loved one. People can mourn for all sorts of things. Mourn for lost opportunities, for lost moments in time, for broken relationships. For all sorts of pain and heartache. (laughs) We're called to bring comfort to those who mourn. Provide for those who grieve. Wow. For those who grieve, we can provide. Hey, hey we've, got, we've got something. We're, we're, if, if we're to provide for those who grieve, then surely God's going to give us some sort of provision to do that. We're not talking necessarily about a monetary provision or, or a material provision. We're talking about a provision of grace, of peace, of Love. Uh, oops, hang on, let's go back, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Wow. Can you imagine that? Yeah, ashes, I, I, I don't know if anybody else has a real, oh, I, know, I know lots of people in this church got real fires, but we have real fire. Putting put the ash on the garden, which is what I tend to do with it, because it's wood ash and it's meant to be good for the garden. You, know, you, you start sprinkling it, and if it's windy, you can get blowback if you aren't facing the right way. Thank, thankfully, I'm, I'm I come from a sailing background. I get to think about wind, and I normally manage to get myself in the right position as I put the ash on the garden. But ashes could just cover you, and they're grimy, and they're oh, yeah, they're just gritty, and they can stick to your clothes. And no, no, hang on, oil of uh, beauty instead of ashes. Wow, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Friends, we're. Uh, are called and anointed to break despair. As we break shame, we break despair. And it goes on and it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, a lot of this would have made lots of sense to Israel because that's what had happened. But actually, in reality, in society today, we have got ruined cities. We've got devastated places, even in lovely Alton. We're called, we're commissioned in God to bring his love, to bring his Joy, to bring his gladness, to bring his grace and his mercy to a people around us that he's put us amongst. To our neighbors, to our work colleagues, to our friends, to the people down the street who you don't get on with. To the person in the shop. To bring something of God's grace. We're anointed by the Spirit for this purpose. Now, I just want to... Uh, uh, Be very careful about this next word. Aliens does not mean green furry things or anything like that. Aliens, that means strangers, okay? Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. In other words, this is a sign of God's blessing, that people will come and work with you. People will come and serve you. There's a sign of uh, blessing here. Uh, As we pursue all that God's called us to, to be this special people, there will be a blessing from God. God loves to bless us. Why is he allowed to bless us? Well, Psalm 67 says, so, so that all the ends of the earth will be blessed. God, our God blesses us so that all the ends of the earth may come to fear him. Wow. And you'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. Friends, there's a reason why we don't uh, call church leaders in our church priests or ministers. Because actually, we're all called to be priests and ministers. Okay. We're all called, we're a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people called by God to minister to God, to bring worship to God, to help others come to know him. We are called to minister the grace of God, the love of God, the friendship of God to the society around us. You'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. So they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. We've just had Blue Monday, haven't we? We were listening to a a radio thing last night. Emma and I were playing Scrabble and listening to the radio. And uh, uh, I think it was classic FM we were listening to or something like that. And the guy kept on talking about, this is to brighten up your uh, blue Monday week or some phrase like that. I can't remember what it was. It's like, oh man, you're making us more depressed than happy. (laughs) It's just all this time about blue Monday, blue Monday, blue Monday. It's like, friends, we don't need to be in a place of despair. We have everlasting joy God frees us from despair he gives us hope he gives us a future he frees us from shame I mean isn't it good isn't it I mean, just understand the enormity of what we are who we are who we are as a called people how God has come and anointed us for what for his plans and purposes this is all of God's grace It's not that we earned it. It's not that we deserve it, but we get it as a free gift from God because he loves us in Christ Jesus. Wow. Can I just say shame and disgrace are dealt with at the cross. As we were worshiping, I felt God just put that deep in my heart to share. I feel there's even parental shame which needs to be broken Today in some of our lives. That is where we feel we've been shamed by our parents because of things which have been said or done to us or over us or about us. And for some, may only be one, it may be more, there's a sense of carrying parental shame and that God wants to come and break that today. You do not need to carry shame because of something your parents have said. Jesus has come to set you free. You don't need to be a prisoner. We've just been reading it. You don't need to be a captive to this stuff. Are you going to walk into it? Are you going to choose it? It's a choice. We don't need to live with despair. And then we have this wonderful description. For I, the Lord, love justice. That's such a powerful statement. Such a a statement of God's heart. God loves justice. He is a just and holy God. If you ever have any doubts, will will God be just? Yes, he loves justice. It's part of who he is. He will only act out of justice. He says then, I hate robbery and iniquity. Or uh, instead of the word iniquity, you can use the word wrongdoing or sinful behavior. He hates that. He hates how people are, are robbed of their inheritance of robbed of understanding who they are in Christ, of robbed of understanding the grace and mercy of God. God hates that. He hates the wrongdoing which happens in the world. You know, hate is a strong word, isn't it? But it's there for a reason. It says something of the heart of God, of God's grace, of God's mercy. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness. I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. He's talking about Israel again now. The people of God, us. In his faithfulness, he will reward us. And he makes an everlasting covenant with us. As the people of God, we need to understand we're under a covenant of grace, of mercy, of love. God's lavish grace. Now, you may think, Andrew, you're taking an awful long time on this passage. Where are we going? Well, the reason is because it's so important that we grab hold of it. Because what I want to do next is just try and apply it into our lives. And I've got five points I want to make. And the first one's this. We're broken people. We all come from a background of brokenness. And you can think you haven't, but the reality is you have. Some of our brokenness is greater than others. But the reality is, in Christ Jesus, we before God, we all start on exactly the same basis. Broken. You may go, oh, I thought God loves us. Yeah, absolutely, he does. But he doesn't love our sin and our shame and all the other things which are attached to that. He provides christ jesus to die for us but what it means is if we recognize that we're broken people we come from that background we have no right to feel superior or inferior we all start the same some i think it was rob said that as we were uh, sharing communion we all start on the same basis the same basis which is the grace of god the love of god in christ jesus which we celebrate at the cross and we celebrate through communion therefore there is no need for false pride or false humility because we all start in the same place and it's so important we understand that so important we remember where we've come from for me i've i've just gone past um actually no sorry i'm just coming up to the 40th anniversary of coming to faith in christ it's tomorrow 23rd of january 1983 i still remember i come from a background where i'm broken i was broken It's important we remember that. Because otherwise we can start getting airs and graces. Well I'm this, I'm that. Yet we are in Christ Jesus absolutely. But we were broken. Therefore how we treat other people is so important. How we respond to other people's needs. We are not there to judge. Uh, We don't need to. We're there to bring grace and mercy and love. The things which exactly want our hearts to Christ. Because We come from a broken background. We also need to acknowledge and recognize that society is broken. That's what uh, Isaiah is speaking into, a broken society. Now, there's all sorts of ways in which we can recognize that society is broken today, but uh, some of the ways may include things like discrimination, whether ethnic, religious, financial, gender, sexuality, all of those sorts of things. Friends, we are called to build a different society. We're called to be something different. Let's recognize, though, again, let's understand that we live in a world which is very broken, a society which is broken, but we are called to something different. The third thing, having started as a broken people, though, we can be restored in God. We can be restored in God. We're restored to... Uh, how we were designed to be, to have that relationship with God, to walk with him in Christ Jesus. No other way, but in Christ Jesus. And that's about God's grace. It's not about my merit. It's not about my favor. It's not about anything other than the grace of God. So it's a relationship defined by God's grace. We're a grace people. We're shaped by the grace of God. That that is that unconditional love of God, that unconditional favor of God, which says, I love you despite what you've done. And because of what you've done, I've made a way for you back the cross. I've made a way for sin to be dealt with. I've made a way for your shame to be dealt with and resolved and put away. And that's not about what we can earn. It's purely about the grace of God. So we are a restored people, called to be one with God, called to a relationship defined by grace. But let's not forget this third bit. We need to be filled with His Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for He's anointed me to preach good news, the favor of God. Friends, try to be a Christian without the Spirit. I, uh, good luck. We need the Holy Spirit. He's It's part of the Father's provision. He sent the Spirit when the Son came, uh, went back to heaven. Jesus sent the Spirit. Why? So we could ignore him? No. So he could dwell in us. He could live in us. That he could shape and... Form our relationship with our father in heaven that we'd know we're children of god that we'd know his grace and mercy that we know we're loved we know we're set free from our past and uh, what both what we've done but also what's been done to us and that that grace relationship uh with his spirit stirring our hearts and keeping us in the grace of god that's what's to define our lives friends can i encourage us let's be filled with the spirit Let's go on being filled with the Spirit. Let's not stop being filled with the Holy Spirit. That means um, the best analogy I can come up with is it's like a sailing boat. You've got to position it such where, one, the sails need to be up, and two, you need to position it such that the wind is filling the sails. If the sails aren't being filled with the wind, the boat is going to drift. And that relationship with the Holy Spirit is like that. We need to position our lives our hearts, our minds, that we are constantly being filled with the wind of God's Spirit who takes us through each day, who guides our path, who gives us power for each day, who keeps us in the grace of God, Spirit of grace and truth. He keeps us in the grace of God, stops us getting into, oh, I'm better than this, or I can do this, look what I can do, and all that sort of comparison, yikity yik No. He keeps us in the love of God. I don't need to perform. I don't need to do anything. I'm loved by Almighty God. Friends, let's be a people of the Spirit. If we want to be a restored people, we need to be a people of the Spirit. And of course, as a restored people, that means we can transform community. That's what we read about. The ancient places being rebuilt. Society being changed. That's what, we're, that's what we're commissioned for. That's why, or one reason why we receive the Spirit. It doesn't just stop with me and God. It's as, as I'm filled with His Spirit, I'm commissioned and empowered to change society. Understand that. If you're a Christian here, if you're filled with His Spirit, you have a commission to change society. You don't need a word from God. It's already there. His spirit is on you to affect how you behave with your work colleagues. His spirit is on you to affect how you treat your children. His spirit is on you, so long as, I say, his spirit's on you as long as you're asking Him to come and fill you. His Spirit is on you so that you can bring change to society, whether that's with your next-door neighbor, whether that's with your boss, with your employees, or any other situation right the way through to whether you're the Prime Minister of Britain. If you are saved and if you are filled with His Spirit, His Spirit is on you to bring a change to the world around you. Why wouldn't we want to be filled with His Spirit? Difficult to do any other way see people restored to wholeness, to break the judgmentalism of society by bringing the grace of God to create a new society. This is what we're commissioned for, friends. This is our, our, our mandate from God. And of course, as we change the bit of society we're involved with, what happens is the world is transformed. And we are commissioned to see the kingdom of God come Yes, to each of our lives where we are, but actually as we do that, to see the kingdom of God come globally. We play our little part in that. And we reflect God's heart to society as a whole, without exception. We are commissioned to see the kingdom of God come. So, bringing, coming, coming into land on this What prevents us from stepping out? Well, here's a few thoughts. Lack of sense of call. Friends, see God's big picture. We're called, we're commissioned. Simple as that. This passage, but the whole of Scripture paints this picture. We're called and we're commissioned by God. Understand that's who we are. It's part of our DNA. It's not an optional extra which we add on and think, oh, well, the keenies do this. This is who we are. We are this people called to change society. Understand and let's see God's big picture. You may go, Well, I don't feel I'm commissioned for this. I don't feel I've got any power to do this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Go and ask him for it. Seek him for his spirit. Ask him for his spirit. Look for his spirit in our lives. Look for what he's doing. Holy Spirit, what are you doing today which I can get involved with? It's a great prayer. What are you, what what are you, help me to see what you're doing, that I can be involved in what you're doing, please. Of course, then there may also be fear and anxiety that may stop us. Sarah, you were so brave. Thank you for sharing your story. Wonderful. Well done, you. Well done. Fear, anxiety can take over our lives so easily. I think most of us have learned that if you give anxiety and fear just even a little bit of room in your life, it takes over. It takes a bit more and takes a bit more and takes a bit more and takes a bit more. And fear and anxiety are the opposite to faith and trust. And we're a faith people. Now, what's that mean? We're a faith people. Uh, please, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, Therefore, we do, it's a an name and claim it. No, not, nothing, nothing like that. But we are a people of faith who put our faith in God and we trust him, not our circumstances. We don't let fear or anxiety limit our lives. We put our trust in God and when God calls us to something, we are obedient to it. That's a faith people. Let's work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling before God, with God filled by his spirit. Working it out day by day. Living it out day by day. Finding different ways, different steps we can take. How do we start? We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need the power of God in our life. I mean, the Spirit draws us to the Father's love, assures us that we've got a heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. Part of what the Spirit does, he assures us of our salvation. He reminds us of who our Father is because he helps that relationship with Almighty God. So we need to be filled with the Spirit. If we're not filled with the Spirit, we're really going to struggle. Our hearts, our minds need to be transformed by the truth of God and through encounters with God, which is by his Spirit. It's both. We need the word of God, absolutely. We need the spirit of God. I can't remember if we've got one more slide or not. No, we haven't. Okay. I'll leave that. That's fine. Um, So I want to make an invitation today. Let's be filled with his spirit. Let's seek his spirit. Let's ask him to come and anoint us. Let's look for that. Not just as a theoretical, well, I'll, I'll pray, but I'm not expecting anything. No, let's understand the word of God reveals that to us. This is God's desire. This is the Father's desire for each of his children to be filled with his spirit, to be anointed, to preach the wonder, the love, the favor of God to the world around us. Friends, if you need to be filled afresh with the spirit, can I to set your sails, to allow the wind of God to catch you, to direct the journey for your life. It may be that you have been filled with the Spirit, even yesterday, even this morning, but you're just aware that somehow the course has gone off and the sails are flapping again. I want to invite you to stand at this point, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. Now, please don't look to me. I can't do anything. Let's look to Almighty God. I'm going to pray. You may want to use my prayer, but you may want to pray differently. Um, We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh, to give us all we need. And as we do that, we're going to look for uh, whatever that means for each of us. It may look a little different for each of us, and that's fine. Don't worry if people are responding around you in different ways. That's absolutely fine. You focus on... Almighty God and receive his spirit. We love you Lord. We thank you that you take a broken people such as us and you transform us as we repent to you of our sin which we have celebrated today as we broken bread together. As we look to you and ask you love to give us your Holy Spirit. Your word tells us that time and time again. Because you want us to be a people of your spirit. So come, Holy Spirit of God, we ask right now. Come and fill each and every one who's standing. Each and every one who wants to receive your spirit. Receive the spirit of God. Receive his Holy Spirit. You may want to hold your hands out. As a, some people do that just as a sign of, I want to receive. You may want to tell him how it feels to you in terms of, oh, God, yeah, I need this. I so need this. I want to see the world transformed around me, but God, I can't do it. Tell him how much you need him. But then look to receive him too. Receive the Spirit of God. Even now, he's just coming, see him just touching various people. um, Don't get distracted by me, please. But if if you're a businessman or businesswoman here, uh, you lead an organization, a company, uh, where you have staff who look to you, but but you, you, you carry that high level of responsibility in the workplace, I feel there's an anointing coming on businessmen and businesswomen in this room for your your workplace, for your team which you manage, to find ways to express the grace of God, to ex- find ways to express the love of God, to shape your team with, uh, with a gospel perspective, a spirit-filled perspective. I think for some it may literally just be it's, uh, your team is one or two people, but you you. you You're responsible for them. You shape what happens in your workplace. Receive the Spirit to enable you, to empower you to be a great boss, a great employer. More, Lord. Well, we want to confess we're often not good at stopping and waiting, and we do just want to wait on you fill us afresh. please Lord it's okay to ask for more for some of us it feels like at the moment we've just got a sense of maybe something's happening, just ask for more more please Lord of your spirit fill me to full, fill me to overflowing fill the sails of my life, I want to set my sails for the course you're taking Lord the course you're calling me to thank you Father For some, you're just starting to get that glimmer of joy back. More, Lord. Ask him for more. For others, peace uh, peace is replacing anxiety. More, Lord. More of your peace which passes all understanding. can we have the pen back please keep receiving more of his spirit we need you Lord we need your spirit More, please. I have a father who loves to give good gifts. Give good gifts to his children. Receive. Receive. Receive his spirit afresh. Receive more of his spirit.
7: I just have a a sense that uh, maybe folk are thinking, oh, I just want new gifts. I want actually maybe gifts that have gone dormant to rise again as I seek God's spirit. And I, I feel that God just wants to say, yeah, he wants to raise up gifts in us as we seek him, as we allow his spirit to move in us. He wants to raise up those gifts that maybe you haven't used for many, many years. Maybe you're too scared to lo- use anymore. He's going to raise those gifts up. And for some, he's going to give new gifts. Gifts that you weren't expecting. Gifts that you're going to be able to use very soon. And for still others, I feel that God is going to bring revelation of gifts that are just sitting there in your heart that maybe they're they're very small you think they're not much god's gonna increase those gifts those talents so that you're able to serve him and reach out to others um, to glorify him just trust him ask him for gifts of the spirit now as he pours out his spirit on us ask him for gifts god gives gifts through his holy spirit cry out to him You can be specific as he lays things on your heart, but God is going to raise up gifts in all of us, I believe.
2: Let's just keep looking to God and ask him for more of his spirit. The temptation here is to kind of go, oh, time's up. We need to move on, but let's just stop. This can change us. This time in the presence of God can change us. He can change us.
4: Nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're a living hope. Your presence Lord I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free I'm ashamed
2: sing that once through again. There's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth
3: more that could ever
0: Coming this morning, we hope you 've really enjoyed our time together. and um, Just a couple of things um, to remind of. Firstly, um, everything you need to know is in the update that comes out in the week. If you don 't receive that, then um, have a chat with someone in a yellow t shirt and we can get that to you. But the big reminder is tonight tonight we have a, a commission hub celebration here. At 7 o'clock. So we are part of a commission and um, we are part of a family of churches locally. So all those churches have been invited to come here tonight for worship. Guy Miller is coming to speak. So if you've enjoyed this morning and are able to come out tonight, then please, you'll be very welcome to come back tonight at 7 o'clock. If you're worried about the children, children's workers were told (laughs) that we were overrunning. So if you are a parent with children downstairs, don't feel that you have to rush back and and collect them. If you need to just be still with God for a few more minutes, then please do that. Thank you to the band. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you for everyone behind the scenes up there. And um, if you've got a Connect card, then please pop it in the um, offering box at the end and hopefully see you tonight. Thank you.